It's good to see you all at the last cell company. Um, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Katie, as Rudy said, um, and I get to work here on Salt Company. Um, and tonight, we're going to be wrapping up our series um, in the book of James. And so if you have a Bible with you, you can start flipping to James 5. I'll catch up with you guys in a minute. But we're super sad that the uh, semester is coming to an end, but super excited that you all get a break and get to go for an internship or whatever you're doing this summer. Um, yeah, and just get to get some rest and refreshment. So yeah, we're, we'll be excited to have you back in the, in the fall. But if you're new, we wanna extend a special welcome to you guys too. Um, we're so glad that you're here. Um, even if it is our last meeting for um, this semester, we'll actually be starting Somersault back up in June. So we'll, we'll have more information on that later. But um, yeah, this service is gonna look a little bit different, as Rudy mentioned, than our typical service. Um, but we always worship together and we always open up God's word. And so rather than having a um, full service, I'm gonna share a little bit from the final verses of James. Um, and then towards the end of our service together, we will uh, pray for our seniors as they graduate and go. And we're not only doing this because it's the last uh, Salt Company of the Year, we're doing this because as we close the book of James tonight, um, James ends his book by focusing on this very thing, prayer. So hopefully you have had a chance to get to James 5. We all, well on James 5. Um, we'll be reading verses 13 to 18 together. So if you want to follow along with me. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And pray. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah, a man with a nature like ours, and he, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and, he, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So if you like to take notes, I have two points for you guys tonight. God commands us to pray in all circumstances, and our prayers make a difference. So God commands us to pray in all circumstances. I find it extremely intentional of James that he decided to conclude his letter um, with the command to pray. Of all the ways that James could have chosen to conclude his letter, he chose to encourage the people and us to pray. He says quite simply, if anyone is suffering, pray. If anyone is cheerful, sing praise. If anyone is sick, pray for healing and confess your sins and pray for healing. And in two short verses, James exhorts the people to basically pray in all circumstances. This shouldn't be surprising to us because of how James actually speaks about prayer the rest of the letter. In the opening verses of his letter, he reminds us that if we lack wisdom, we should ask for wisdom from God. And in James 4, which we just um, covered, was uh, James actually rebukes the people for grumbling for what they, they don't have because they don't actually ask him for it. I really think that James is trying to communicate the fact that prayer or praise is always relevant 
and it's always right. We never have to question if we should pray. I was recently reading a book. Um, it's a short little book. I don't know if you guys know who Dane Ortland is, but uh, he wrote a book called Deeper, but a smaller one called How God Changes People. And um, he he talked about at the end of the book about reading and reading the Bible and prayer is like breathing. Um, and as we inhale the word of God, we exhale in prayer. So we were created to be dependent upon God for all things. And he provides all that we need to breathe, both physically and spiritually, which is so cool. Um, so why we pray is because God commands us to pray. But you might also think, okay, like I can get on board with the fact that he commands us to pray, but does my prayer like actually make a difference? Like when I pray, like does it just go up into like the air? Like who does it actually go to? It goes to God, like he's a person. And so, um, yeah, even if you struggle to, to believe that like, our prayers make a difference. The text like shows us that our prayers make a difference. So I'll, I'll reread um, verses 16 and 18 if you want to follow along. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months, he did not, it did not rain on earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So if you're in Christ, you're seen as a righteous person before God. And the text tells us that the, righteous, the prayer of the righteous person has great power. Like, I just love that. That is, like, so cool to know that, like, our, like because of what Jesus has done for us, if we've placed our faith in him, like, our prayers are heard by the creator of the universe. And this shows us that our prayers actually make a difference. And James affirms this by encouraging us to pray um, and pointing us to the great Old Testament prophet, Elijah. Um, if you're not familiar with the story of Elijah, I'll give you a very quick overview of his life in one sentence. Um, he was a man chosen by God to prophesy to um, God's people. And during, it was during the reign of Ahab, which was like a, he was a really wicked king um, that did a ton of damage to uh, the Israelites and like all, yeah, the people that he was leading. Um, and at times he even tried to kill Elijah. But Elijah was a man with nature just like ours. There was nothing special about him. He was just like you and me. He was a man who loved God and expected and trusted that God would answer his prayers. And he prayed fervently to the one he followed, and God answered his prayers. And by God's grace and design, we are invited to participate in that very thing. We get to participate in the kingdom work through prayer, just like Elijah. So because God commands us to pray and our prayers make a difference, we are going to pray for our seniors tonight, but we wanted to give them an opportunity to actually come up and share. Um, yeah, as, as we send them, we're going to pray, but as, as they come up and share, they're going to encourage you and send you. So Molly, wherever you are, you can come up. Hi guys. Um, I like that. Okay. So first I just kind of want to take a moment to get a little perspective. Um, I just think we're so fortunate to have a place like this to come every week where so many people are just displaying the gifts that God's given them. Um, whether that's someone teaching us scripture in a way that's truthful and clear, or those who share their musical talents, which I wish I had, and lead worship. Um, 
can't forget about people on hospitality team or on tech team. Um, this is just a couple of the reasons why I'm really thankful for this place and all of you. Um, Salt Company is a place where you can come and learn how to walk with God and with other people who are walking with God. I know my relationship ha um, with the Lord has been shaped by just seeing the way other people are walking with him and by being equipped with tools to do the same. Um, learning what the word of God says and the importance and power, as we were just talking about, of prayer are just a couple of these things. Um, most of all, just hearing the gospel every week that says that Jesus Christ is the son of God who lived, died, and rose again for sin to save sinners, um, which we all are. And it's faith in Jesus that's the way to salvation, not Salt Company, not just coming here, but actually placing your faith in Jesus. Um, Salt Company is also a great place to find community. Um, like Rudy was talking about last week in James 5, you can find friends here who strengthen you, love you, encourage you, speak truthfully to you, and have patience with you while also calling out your sin and practicing confession with you. And these are really valuable people to have in your life. Um, now looking at both these things, I understand the reality that summer is going to look a lot different than the last two semesters have. Um, there's people graduating, obviously, people going home. Really, wherever you end up, it won't look the exact same. Um, one thing that won't change, though, is Jesus. How cool is it that we have a God who is our Father and who is our friend and who comes with us where we go? If you're a Christian, like, the Holy Spirit is within you, and that is powerful. Um, so I would encourage everyone to continue leaning in and growing in your relationship with the Lord this summer. Stay in the Word. Pray, practice that discipline, um, and this will take intentionality. The same way it takes intentionality to, con to continue to foster these friendships and relationships that you formed this year. But like, do it, because it really is worth it. It's worth the time and the effort um, in it all, yeah. And I, I speak from experience. Uh, if I counted on Salt Company to grow my relationship with Jesus, I'd feel really lost right now because I'm leaving Salt Company. But instead, I know what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus on my own, and I'm just pumped to get to have that for the rest of eternity. Um, yeah, looking around this room fills me with a ton of joy because I've just seen God's faithfulness this year. I've gotten a front row seat to the way that God's moved in friendships in people's hearts, especially in places like my connection group. Well, shout out to them. Um, but I'm just really excited to see where UW Salt Company goes in the coming years because when I look around this room, I see more laborers being raised up to go share the gospel on campus and at home and to the nations. And that's so encouraging because the harvest is really plentiful. Hi friends, um, thank you so much Molly. Um, I thought what better way to end my time in SALT than by sharing a story from my first night in SALT. And so my last night on campus of my freshman year, um, I found myself at a SALT gathering of people just hanging out. And I, with my typically quiet, introverted, and socially anxious personality, yet here I am with a microphone, um, I was fully prepared to sit silently in a corner, but no. The people in SALT, the lovely people that they are, would not leave me alone to my then comfort zone of avoiding most social interactions because they actually wanted to talk to me and ensure I felt included and welcomed. I mean, how dare they? And I, who was lonely, had very few friends and was not following Jesus at the time, knew there was something different about their kindness and the way that they loved one another. They were unlike any group of people that I'd ever met and I knew 
And it wasn't until later that I knew that it was because of, you guessed it, Jesus. As John 13, 34 to 35 says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The love of Christ that I witnessed in them and didn't understand at the time drew me into salt. I just knew that I wanted them to be my friends, even if it meant that I had to expand my comfort zone. The love and kindness that I experienced and continue to experience in this community kept me coming back to Salt and C Group week after week before I was following Jesus, and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior during winter break of my sophomore year. The reason I share that story is as an encouragement to you. Do not underestimate the ways that God will use you in someone else's story. It is my hope that as you go into the summer, you will carry with you the words of 1 Thessalonians 2.8. We cared so much for you that we were willing to share with you Sorry, we cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. I pray that you would continue to love like Jesus and boldly invite others into your lives because I'm sure that there are people out there who are feeling just as I felt my freshman year, who are lonely and want friends and most importantly, don't know that Jesus wants to be their friend too and is the greatest friend that we can ever have. Hi guys. <laughs> so there's so much that I like wish I could share with all of you, but I have like three minutes. So <laughs> um, I just want to impart this, um, learn the truth and spend your time in God's word to know God. It will change your life. It changed my life. Um, Colossians 3, 16 through 17 says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to, the, to God the Father. With that, <laughs> there's a lot in there, but importantly, it's saying let the word of Christ dwell within you commit the Bible to memory. I mean, it's hard, but the more that you read the Bible, the more you get to know God, the more you get to know who you are and how much you need Jesus. Um, in, in my journey, there's been a lot of truths that have been hard learned, and um, the more that I've spent time in the Word, I've just gotten to know who I am, who God says I am, and what He's really done for me, and that's so, so important. So surround yourself with believers, surround yourself with truth, um, and then just one truth that I want to impart on you beyond that is that um, God is faithful. He will knock on the door of your life even when you're like running away from him, even when you think he's not doing anything, he's moving, he's working, and he's um, doing stuff in the lives of those around you and in ways that you couldn't even expect. And so it's really exciting when you get to see that happen, but just know that he is always on the move um, and that he's always taking steps towards you. Um, so another verse that is really crucial that I just want you guys to think about is John 16:33. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. College is a hard time in our lives. 
we're going through a lot of things, figuring out how to be an adult, figuring out how to live on your own. And so take heart that the Lord has overcome the world. back on the past couple of years, salt has been really cool. I've gotten a chance to pour over a ton of memories, good and bad. Um, but in spending that time pouring over the past couple of years of salt, I kind of found that as I'm up here now, I'm most encouraged by the faces in this room and the faith of the people in this room. Um, and so I want to take a couple minutes to share my hope and my prayer for the people in this room now that I'm leaving and kind of the torches passed along to the people in this room. Um, so I'm going to share this out of Ephesians 1. Little Jared knows I love Ephesians 1. Uh, so this is, it's Paul's prayer for a group of people, right? And he starts it by saying, you know, since I've heard of your faith, I have not stopped giving thanks. And um, I've never been more thankful for a group of people than I am for the people in this room. And like Paul says, I look out at the faith in the people in this room and it's just so affirming to see that this is the direction that salt is moving in, that the kingdom of God is coming in Madison, and it's coming at breakneck speed. Um, he goes on, and in verses 17 and 18, he says, you know, I pray, Lord, to give them your spirit so that they would know you better and to open the eyes of their heart to the hope and to the riches that you have prepared for them. And he finishes this with saying, in verses 19 and 20, he prays that, the eyes and their hearts would also be open to receiving the same power that rose Christ from the dead, that that very same power is available to all of those whose, whose hearts are open to it. Come on, that's pretty sick. Um, and these, these, these things that Paul prays for this group of people, this is my hope and my prayer for the people in this room, um, that you all would open your heart to this grace, to these riches, and to this hope, that Paul prays for these people that God proclaims for us, um, and that you would also accept this gift, the same power that rose our Lord Jesus from the dead, that you would take this gift and use it to further the kingdom of God in Madison. Because with this kind of power, with this kind of hope, with this kind of grace at your back, there's absolutely nothing that can stop the growth of your faith, the growth of salt, but most importantly, the coming of the kingdom of God in Madison in the next couple of years. Come on. Hi. Okay, it's on. I'm Ronnie. Um, hello. hello. Um, yeah, so that was some really good encouragement. I feel like everyone's really put together up here. Um, kind of wanted to start by like reiterating how um, powerful the gospel is. I know everyone has said that, but yeah, I got to see that like change my life sophomore year and just how people were like intentional with me and just like how I like saw Jesus through like friendship. I was met like freshman year with one of my closest friends being a Christian and just sharing with me and finally like, yeah, really committing. And I saw how even in her day to day in the dorm, like intentional with how she spoke to me. Um, I don't think it connected in my brain how 
powerful that was or how intentional she was um, with that. And I didn't really think about that even after I um, started giving my life to Christ and started following that. Um, but something I kind of wanted to talk about was the end of Matthew. Um, we see at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, um, the chapter after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, um, Jesus told disciples to go there and make disciples of all nations. Um, it wasn't like an afterthought or suggestion Jesus gave, but it was a command given to the disciples, and we see that it's like throughout the rest of the New Testament. Um, something became, I kind of became aware of this year, that not only is mission important and like going to other countries, but like the nations are on your college campus. And um, yeah, I was given the opportunity to serve with IFC this year. And I don't think I really knew going into it um, how it was gonna like change me um, and how those friendships were gonna like come back and affect me. But um, yeah, there are over like 6,000 international students on campus who like didn't grow up in a Christian country or like definitely mostly don't know the name of Jesus and yeah I've been able to develop some of the like most deep and kind friendships um, through this and a lot of students haven't necessarily been met with kindness in America and although the gospel is foreign to them even like simple kindness makes a difference um, like um, and they'll meet you with the same kindness and I've just learned a lot about like simplicity of friendship and just being there for those around you um, and you can do this like within like your day-to-day -day life. So I just encourage you to like be intentional in your day-to-day -day, in your classes Like just talk to the person next to you like you really mission doesn't have to be out of the way But it can be the people in your classes and um, yeah taking advantage of that so like into like to <laughs> wrap it up like um, kind of leaning on your community and like leaning on the Bible can really fuel like mission on your day-to-day -day and like seeing the people around you who might need Jesus or just might need a friend that you can um, be to them. Yeah. because I'm nervous, so. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I have notes, but I'm just going to go Holy Spirit-led, sorry. It's probably going to go over the time limit. Um, standing here right now, I'm looking at the crowd and there's not one student um, in front of me that was at Salt Company when I started. And I'm not saying this to note that I'm old, because I am. Um, but I think it's really just a testament to the power of the Lord. Um, yeah, like truly think about this. Like four years ago, um, there's a lot of you people that I'm standing in front of that didn't know Christ. Blatantly say, you were not followers of Christ and now you are going to be joining me in heaven and that's amazing. Like that is a testimony to the glory of God. And I think this just goes to even just like what I was going to say um, of just really truly the power of salvation and the power of the gift that you guys have. Um, Soul Company, I don't know if you guys know this, but you guys have truly the greatest gift and that is the gift of salvation. Um, the reality is, is, is Jesus came down for us um, and died for us 
and lived a life that we could not live. And because of that, even today, you guys get to sit here and say that you have access to the greatest gift, and that is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So amen to that. <laughs> um, and I think that's something that I truly want to share with you is recognizing that power. Um, the reality is that you have this gift. You can do something with that gift. Are you gatekeeping that gift for other people on this campus? Truly be stated, there are lost people on this campus. There are people in your dorms, there are people down the street, there are people in the city of Madison that do not get access to the eternal life with their Lord and Savior. And the reality is, is they are going to hell, and that sucks, that they do not get to join me in heaven. Feel the weight of that. That there are people in your life right now that do not get to join you in heaven which is truly the greatest gift that you get to experience, not by something that you did, but, but something that Jesus did for you. And we are in the time of our lives where we are the closest to 45,000 people in age, in life experience, that we will ever be in our life, ever blatantly saying. Like, I don't know you, I don't plan on moving somewhere and being next to people who are 18 to 20. Reality is, that's just not how life works. Um, but we have access to that now, to share the gift. And truly, like, coming into UW-Madison, we're kind of taught this idea that we need to climb the ladder, we need to achieve something. Like, for me, truly was grades. I came into UW-Madison, I'm like, bro, I'm gonna make an impact with my grades, y'all. Truly, I'm going to be the best new student. Uh, but, like, my first year, I heard a sermon from David Livingston. He was at the conference, if you didn't know. Um, and this has always stuck with me, of as we're climbing the ladder of life and we're striving after something at the top of the ladder, we're going to pass someone, and that person's Jesus, the person that saved us. And he is going down that ladder. He is going towards the lost people in an act of humility that he already took for us. And the question is, are you going to keep going up that ladder these next three, two, five, four years? <laughs> or are you going to follow him down the ladder? Are you going to take the opportunity to share with your neighbor? Are you going to share the gift that you have already been given and have somebody else experience eternal life with you. Um, that's what I wish I knew coming in. I wish I took more opportunity to share with the people around me, the people I look back to in my classes that I wish get to join me. And I just hope one day that somebody else had the boldness and courage to share with them. Um, so as I leave, and I may not be back in this room ever again, but I know with confidence that if you guys hear this mission and hear this plea for your next few years, I know with confidence that there are gonna be more people that I get to experience heaven with, and that's exciting for me, because that's you guys, that is your future of Salt Company, and that is the goal of Salt Company. Not to come here every week, but to praise the Lord in heaven, because that is what is awesome. So.
salt company, take encouragement in that. Yo, that was wild. <laughs> Gosh, they straight up saved the best for last and then added me after that. I made a huge mistake, but it's all right. <laughs> um, gosh. <laughs> that was wild. All right. I wanna, I'm going to do something that Nate does. I want to try it first. I'm going to say, we're going to practice. When I say, say it, you're going to say supply chain, right? Say it. Sweet. I just wanted a reason to do that. That was all I wanted. <laughs> okay. Guys. Um, man, it's wild standing here and sitting here when, like, we used to meet in Gordon's. We used to meet in the bottom floor of Liquid before it turned into a club at night. Like, that is the things that, like, <laughs> those are some of the places that Salt Company has met over time, which is sweet. But, guys, just, you guys have time left in college. And I just want to try and leave you guys with one more encouragement. When I think about college and what college is for everybody, it's a chance where you get to decide who you want to be. And what I would argue and would encourage and everybody in here needs to give themselves the opportunity for is to figure out that God created you and designed you with purpose. What's standing in front of you in the next few years, however many, maybe five, who knows, um, <laughs> I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> what's standing in front of you is the opportunity to learn who you were created to be. You have a God who created the universe with intention and design. You have a God who tells us in Psalms that you are knit together in your mother's womb. You have Jesus who died on the cross saying that it was worth it to go to the cross for you to be restored to relationship with him. That God, the, the creator of the cosmos, wants to know you personally and has already created and like has a design for what your life could look like. The most powerful thing you could do with your time here, with your future, is give yourself a chance to learn who that person is, to learn who the best self you could be is. You can never outdream God's dream for your life. And all I can say is like, give yourself a shot to learn who you were created to be. This is your chance to figure out who you want to be in college. If you don't even give yourself five seconds to figure out who you might have been created fundamentally to be, who you were knit together to be, man, it'd just be a shame. So guys, let's close it out. Like, this is us as seniors saying our goodbye. But... Like we're inspired by what could happen here because we know what God's done in the past and we know he's the same God and gonna continue doing great things. Give yourselves a shot for it. I mean, what... There's two more verses in James. 
they didn't know we were going to stop at verse 18 before we read verses 19 and 20. So just listen to these. My brothers and sisters, if any of you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save their soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. You have just heard the pleas of seven people saying, please do not turn away from Jesus. You have heard the pleas of seven people to you in this room who do not know Jesus. And we're honored that you're here. We really are. Say, walk, don't run. I mean, sorry, run, don't walk. <laughs> Saying, run, don't walk to the cross. Do not wait. Today's the day of salvation. Today is. Like you actually don't have to wait. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to put yourself together. You don't have to figure yourself, you don't have to figure all these pieces out. It's looking at Jesus and saying, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I want to put my trust in you right now. To be frank, there may be some of you in the room where you're like, that's me. I'm hearing them talk about the gospel. I don't have that. And the best way I could imagine to honor these seven and the rest of the seniors in this room is by making one final plea to you. Turn to Jesus. Come to him. You don't have to walk out of these doors with any question as to whether you're joining Julia in heaven. You don't. You don't. That today would be the day of salvation for you. You could put your trust in him tonight. If you want to do that, I'm begging you, during this time of worship, find me, find Katie, find Jared, make it awkward and weird. We're gonna move anyways, get up and find us. Please do not let another night go by. We talked about it last week, this life is a mist. So brief. Don't put it off, don't wait. Put your trust in Jesus. So that was to one group of people. You don't know Jesus, that's the plea if you can hear it from the hearts of the senior. If you do know Jesus, the plea from the hearts of seniors tonight is for you to love and follow him over this summer. You heard it over and over and over. Make a plan, set a, set, 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 set a, set a direction, make it your, lean into Christ this summer as you have more time or even as you're busy to say, I'm gonna prioritize my time with Jesus. I'm gonna be with him. I'm gonna find a community back home. If you have a local church, come back and make Jesus known in the city that you're in, the internship that you're at. If you don't have a local church, find one, find a place to worship, to gather, to, to set that rhythm and lean in. I'm looking around this room and I'm just so proud of so many of you. I'm, I just am. So come to Jesus, be encouraged. And then third, for the group of seniors in this room, um, I was praying for you and there was one text that came to mind. So I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna invite you guys up so that we can actually have a chance to pray for you. You've sent us, now we wanna send you. The text is an odd one. It's from Revelation. It's from chapter two. It's from verse four. And I don't think that this is about you, but I think rather that I've seen the opposite of it in you. It's where John is writing and he's recording the words of Jesus to the churches and in this letter, he says all these good things about the church of Ephesus and then he says this, but this I have against you, you've abandoned your first love. 
Seniors, I wanna thank you for not abandoning your first love. For the sake of the other people in this room who've been led by you, thank you for not abandoning your first love. For the sake of the people that you are going to lead into the future, thank you for not abandoning your first love. For the sake of the people that you shared the gospel with that one time, that you had that one conversation with, that you never heard from again, thank you for not abandoning your first love. And my encouragement to you seniors will quite simply be this, do not abandon your first love. Things get different. Things change when you graduate and go. Do not abandon your first love. As you follow Jesus, continue. Continue in him, walk with him, be with him. You'll never walk alone. He said that he's with you always, even to the end of the age. Fix your attention, your eyes, your mind on him, not on things that are below, but on things that are above. Turn your eyes to Jesus and look full in his glorious face. The things of this earth, they'll go strangely dim in the light of his glory and of his grace. Do not leave your first love. Continue on with Jesus. With the passion and the fervor that you've had here, carry it into the places where you will go, where God will send you. So with that, what I wanna do